Welcome to another episode of Anecdotal Evidence, the podcast sponsored by the American Institute of Dental Public Health. I'm your host, Annalise Cothran, and today we're talking about mentorship. Traditionally, mentorship occurs when an established person shares knowledge, skills, and experience with a less established person. Mentorship in public health is critically important to fostering effective leadership and providing support to a future public health workforce. Mentorship can come in many forms, including organically developing relationships, all the way to formally paired relationships facilitated by a person or organization, which is the format of the AIDPH mentorship program. Today, we explore diversity in mentorship, how to approach a potential mentor for guidance, and setting effective expectations for mentoring relationships. I'm joined by Dr. Carl Hayden, President and CEO of the Academy for Academic Leadership, whose primary mission is to provide leadership development to academic organizations, including many with a public health orientation. Dr. Hayden has authored over 80 publications, including his book, The Nine Virtues of Exceptional Leaders, Unlocking Your Leadership Potential. I'm also joined by Dr. Caswell Evans, who is the Associate Dean for Prevention and Public Health Sciences at the University of Illinois Chicago College of Dentistry. He is a member of the National Academy of Medicine, National Academy of Sciences, and a past president of the American Public Health Association. He serves on the AIDPH Board of Directors and as a mentor in the AIDPH Mentorship Program. Let's hear what Carl Hayden and Caswell Hebben Let's hear what Carl Hayden and Caswell Evans have to say about mentorship and public health. I wanted to start today with our episode of Anecdotal Evidence talking with Kaz and Carl about their personal philosophy of mentorship. So Kaz, why don't we start with you? Tell me about your personal philosophy of mentorship. How did you come about um, understanding how to mentor? Um, and any uh, experiences that you may have had as a mentee that helped develop your philosophy of mentorship? Yeah, thank you. I, I, um, I, I gradually grew into being a, a mentor. It was not necessarily a planned uh, travel into that space. Uh, but over time, I found myself uh, increasingly in, in that role. And I have served as a mentor for um, several individuals, one particularly long term. Um, and as I did that, I realized that it was a, a, a discipline. I, so I, I, I was in that space before I really realized that it was a discipline and began to read more about it. Uh, my own philosophy is that it's a sense, uh, it, it's, it's a form of giving back and it should be a senseless, it should be a selfless act, not a senseless act, but a selfless act of, of, of giving back and, and trying to help someone to move up or move along or fulfill their goals and objectives, but not one that in any way affects my goals and objectives other than just the, the, the pleasure and pride and the sense of fulfillment of, of giving back to, uh, of giving back to others. You know, it's really interesting that you bring up mentorship as, as, as selflessness being a critical element of mentorship, because that's actually really difficult as a person, as a human being to, to put your own ambitions and desires aside. 
Um, and do you feel as though that is something um, that you've learned to do or maybe is sort of inherent? Well, I've learned to do it. I, I, I think it, it, it's a lot easier when you are in a mentoring relationship with someone who is not in your organization, who is mm -hmm. somewhat distant from you, who where you're just providing guidance and suggestions relative to their career, but their career and your career do not intersect. And I think that that is a purer case of mentoring. That's a key element. And I, I'm not sure if I've heard it described exactly like that, but that seems like that's a key element of, of defining a mentee and mentor relationship. Yeah. yeah. So Carl, what about you? How would you define your personal mentorship philosophy? My philosophy of mentorship. Yeah, when you asked that question, the, the first thing that came to mind was a, um, a quotation that's attributed to Isaac Newton. I actually think um, it, was, it was stated before Isaac Newton said this, but he said, if I've seen further than others, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what mentors can do for us. I think they can allow us to see far beyond where we're capable of seeing at any given point in our careers. Um, and that's due to a lot of things, um, probably more than anything else, experience. Mentors, to, and to me, mentorship is something different. I, I, I still have, in many ways, I think, um, um, uh, let me just say an, a, a sort of an older view of mentorship. I think it is, I think it's wonderful that um, institutions now and other, and, and there are other approaches that codify mentorship and provide, um, in some cases, actually assign mentors to mentees or protégés. I think that formalized structure is very important and, and helpful. But when I say that I have sort of an, uh, an older view um, uh, of mentorship, maybe a view that predates that, and that goes back a lot to the chemistry of the mentor and the mentee. Uh, I think that there has to be not only this match between competencies and and what the the mentee or the mentor want to do relative to their careers, but I think there has to be a chemistry related to personality, um, uh, in particular, and communications and other things that make those relationships work. Um, and one one thing that that you mentioned that struck me as I've been reading about mentorship and leadership myself, uh, one article that I read suggested that we approach mentorship almost like a board of directors. So you were saying you develop this network of advisors. And so instead of this traditional one-on-one -on -one relationship, rather identify a panel of people who can bring different and diverse perspectives to your life and may be able to provide that input versus a one-on-one -on -one traditional mentorship. So what do you think about, um, it seemed to align with what you were saying in, in creating a network of people. What would your response to that be? Uh, absolutely. I think people... All people have different skills and different experiences, and and I think it's important to have um, uh, to have, if you will, sort of a team of mentors. Right. Um, and I and I and I really don't know how to qualify this, but I but I also say that it's important to make sure that team is manageable. Um, so I think something both of you also alluded to um, is that 
your perspectives and experience with mentorship have been maybe a more traditional setting, a more one-on-one setting, um, or a more organic experience with mentorship where um, a mentor, you sort of happen upon this experience um, and then you kind of lead you lead the experience, the mentee sort of self-leads this experience. And one thing that I read um, yesterday is pretty interesting. The article started off with the phrase, like avocado appliances, the way that we think about mentorship is dead. And I thought, is it? And so I'd like to hear both of your responses to that. Is mentorship dead? Kaz, why don't we start with you? Well, ooh, I, 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 I have not seen any indications that it is it is dead, but um, I, I may be so prehistoric that I'm just not up to current time. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I, I don't see it uh, th- that way. Uh, but again, that may be just the limitations of my uh, my own experience. I, I have a a, a string of uh, of graduates who come by the office or more frequently will call or particularly send an email asking for advice on one thing or another. And those are in the context of not a formally established mentorship role, but it, it, it sort of functions, uh, functions that way. But I don't, I, I don't personally have any um, metrics or, or way to measure whether mentorship is increasing or decreasing or, 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 or indifferent in terms of, of, of the past. Uh, for me, it's still, it's still active and I, I enjoy the role. Yeah, absolutely. Carl, what would you think? I, I don't think mentorship is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fairly recent literature um, that indicates that the absence of mentorship is, is a significant problem uh, in dental education and medical education. There was a study done and published in academic medicine. It's over 10 years ago, but I think it's probably still relevant. Uh, 98% of the respondents, these were medical school faculty, um, said that lack of mentorship was either number one or number two in terms of an obstacle that they faced in moving forward in their careers. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, to me, mentorship is is a is a fundamental way of learning, um, and 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 it's one of the best ways of learning in terms of engaging with another person. But there's also kind of a fine line between what might one might call apprenticeship, which to fulfill requires some guidance and quote mentoring, right. compared to a mentoring relationship, which is different than the apprenticeship model. And, and what I see often, and I don't want to overinterpret your analogy, but what can often happen, particularly in academic settings and in research settings, you bring a junior faculty person in to quote mentor them, but you're really an apprentice role to follow in your footsteps to uh, join you in research. And so your, uh, your trajectory and their trajectory become inextricably linked compared to a mentorship role that is, 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 is more distant and, and not connected. So let me ask you this question. In terms of mentorship and public health, 
And both of you have relationships to dental public health specifically. And as um, as the program director for AIDPH, we obviously are, are very supportive of dental public health. So in, in public health, how do we approach mentorship effectively? Because I, I, I heard pieces of both of your responses saying we need more mentorship. Um, maybe it comes in the form of apprenticeship. Maybe it comes in a, in a more traditional role. How can we mentor in public health more effectively? Um, what are the things that we're doing particularly well? So what do we really have going for us that we could capitalize on? Um, and then how could we potentially fill the gaps? Is Do we have the current capacity to do mentorship well? Is there something we could leverage to do it better? Um, so Carl, what are your thoughts? So what, what I'm going to say, I think, uh, I hope goes for public health, uh, but beyond public health. And, uh, and, and, and I'm going to assume that Kaz is, is in a better position to comment specifically on, on public health. But, um, you know, I think, I think uh, being a good mentor or being a good mentee uh, actually requires some preparation and some knowledge. So one of the things that I think we need to do is more uh, learning and development around what it takes to to be a good mentor or a good mentee, uh, because there are way there are there, there's a I don't know that there is a single right way of doing things, but I do know that there's some I do know there's some definite wrong ways of doing things to to mentor to be a mentee. So training is really key, learning how to do it and how to do it well. And then also definite parameters and expectations in a relationship. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yes. Yeah. And, and, the, and the places that I have seen um, mentorship work best are when the, the mentor and the mentee choose each other. Right. Right. So then... Um, Okay, I'm, I'll put a pause on that because I, I think that is interesting because we, I think we've seen an uptick in, um, in creating mentorship pairs and potentially a, a less traditional mentorship where it becomes organic. So I'd like to, I'd like to come back to that. Um, but first, I want to hear, Kaz, your thoughts on public health mentorship. Where are we at today? What can we do better and what are we doing well? Um, well, I'll, I'll try to answer that question as, as best I can. Um, I think that there is certainly greater interest and discussion in public health as to how people with some experience and just time in the saddle can make themselves more available to, to, to mentorship roles. But I think that, and, and, and Carl hit, up, hit upon this, I think mentorship really starts with the mentee. I think mentors sort of make themselves generically kind of available. But I think it's really up to the mentee to um, start that conversation. I, I don't think it, I, I don't, in my experience, it does not work when the mentor seeks out someone and says, I'm available to be your mentor. I think it really it has to start um, more seminally with the mentee beginning to understand where they would need some additional guidance and seeking out a mentor who is prepared to play that role. 
Right, which it seems to go back to your original point of mentorship works best when you are able uh, to be selfless and when your career paths are not intersecting, but rather parallel. Is that sort of what you're thinking? Yeah. 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 I mean, both roles are fulfilling, but I have, I think the role where you are distant in that regard, I think is the, I I, may, I, I guess maybe the purer form, if you want to put it that way, the purer form of mentoring, I think is, is in that more distant relationship. Sure. So something you both have touched on, uh, so it makes me think this is is critical, critically important, um, is is the role of mentees in the mentoring relationship, and that it will work best when mentees are able to drive the relationship. Um, but as somebody who is um, not quite mid career just yet, but I'm getting there. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally have struggled at times with finding a mentor. It's intimidating to approach somebody and say, hey, you want to be my mentor? You know, those kinds of conversations are uncomfortable and you're scared of rejection. And so if you had to give students uh, advice on how to approach a mentor or find a mentor, how would you go about um, helping them? in the future, sort of guide that relationship. So Carl, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I, that I can, uh, what I'm going to say, I, I don't want to put in any particular order. Okay. So I think it's all important. Um, but one of the things I'd be looking for is, is um, uh, going back to what I said earlier, is there some chemistry here? So do, do uh, if it's a faculty member, do I enjoy engaging with that faculty member? Uh, can I have a conversation with that faculty member? Um, would I be comfortable having a difficult conversation with that faculty member? Because some, sometimes part of mentoring is hearing things you may not want to hear. And am I willing to do that? Um, so there's a, I would look at the interpersonal aspects of the relationship. Uh, and then, of course, um, I would also, um, you know, vitally important is, uh, does that person know something or have a set of competencies that are important to me in terms of what I need to, to, to have and develop in my own career? There, there, when, when I think about the gap um, in establishing a relationship with somebody who may be uh, incredibly competent and uh, well-networked and has all the attributes that... Um, I'm looking for in a mentor, but if I don't know them, if I don't know them, have any sort of personal relationship with them, um, that's just going to take more time. Because if you if you can't have uh, mentorship is about a relationship, and if you can't if you can't if you don't have a relationship, you just got to know you have to develop that and so, to some extent before you can expect to have any type of mentor mentee engagement. Sure. So, Kaz, what do you think? How can students develop this mentoring relationship, either traditionally or non-traditionally? Is there a difference now with the millennial generation and how to approach these mentoring relationships? Well, uh, again, I I totally agree with Carl. Um, I'll speak from my own personal experience. I've actually developed mentor-mentee relationships in both ways. Uh, one is through, as Carl mentioned, just um, 
particularly students and some others who have just developed a relationship with me. And while we have never ever labeled it as a mentor-mentee relationship, I recognize that when they contact me and ask me for um, advice or share a scenario with me and say, you know, what do you think I should do or how would you handle this, that that is a mentor-mentee relationship, although we've never defined it that way, but it just works out that way over time. I've also been approached literally um, kind of a cold contact, someone that I did not know previously who sought me out at a meeting and said, you know, I've seen you at meetings, I've read some of your things, I've sort of followed your career, I really think you could help me out would you would you would you be my mentor and here's the kinds of things that i'm hoping you could help me with um and in that case i said yeah let's you know i'm, I'm flattered to do that if i can help uh you in your career um i'd be more than pleased to do that let's give it a try and if you think it's workable after a certain period and i'm pleased with it we'll stay with it that mentoring relationship literally has now lasted over 20 years. Uh, we meet infrequently. If we're at the same meeting, we'll find some time to get together. We talk on the phone a couple of times a year and exchange emails. And I've helped this individual um, with a job at a senior, with a position at a senior level on faculty. I've helped and provide advice in terms of um, 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 uh, other career advancements in 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 academia. Um, I've I've provided coaching with uh, uh, professional scenarios that have been presented to me, and it's been a wonderful relationship. Yeah. So that so students who are looking should, based on both of what both of you have said, leverage a relationship that already exists that you may have good chemistry with that person, or take the time and effort to seek somebody out that you think would be a good mentor with the understanding that it may take more time to build that relationship, but it can be done. Carl, is yeah, that what I you think, were going to say? Yeah, I was going to say well, a couple things that, that Kaz said that I, I would like to comment on. One is an example he gave of the, of the, of the person contacting him and asking him to be a mentor. Uh, I think has said something to the effect the, that the person said, these are some of the things I need you to help me with or something to that effect. Uh, I think that's vitally important. I think it's, it's it, for, uh, if you're going to approach whether somebody you know or don't know, I think being very specific about where you need uh, help and assistance is, is critical. And then the, to take that a step further, um, I think mentoring relationships work best when um, the mentee and the mentor as well, but I'm, I'm going to focus on the mentee right now, um, is willing to be accountable and makes himself or herself accountable. One of the things that I've noticed in my own experience with mentors is that in many cases, uh, most cases I should say, at some point there's a fork in the road and uh, it's time to move on. And that doesn't mean you turn your back on the mentee or the mentee turns her back on the, on the mentor. I mean, it's, it, the relationship can still remain, um, but often um, that's the role of a mentor is to get you to a place where you can move on without any sort of dependency or uh, reliance on that person. 
Sure. Yeah. That's how you know you've done a good job is that they no longer need to come to you for this ad- advice. They're doing a good job. Maybe they're mentoring other people too, right? Yeah. So I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit um, and and bring up uh, a topic that has is, is certainly timely. And here, in the midst of the Me Too movement, um, where we have seen um, seismic shifts in how we all interact, I, I want to know if you either of you have any thoughts on how the Me Too movement, has it impacted the ability for uh, men and women to mentor each other? Um, has it uh, impacted how we lead each other? Um, and especially in this generation where uh, the younger generation seems to be more aware and seems to be willing to address it and speak out against it, how has this impacted how we approach mentorship or has it impacted it at all? My sense is that um, people are more sensitive to mm-hmm. issues around the, if you will, the malpractice of mentorship. Yeah. So I think people are more sensitive to that. Um, you you didn't you didn't ask this question. I thought maybe that you um, were going in this direction, but I'll go ahead and and just mention this. So you know there are. There are people, there's probably literature out there that says that you know, women should be the mentors of other women, not, not men, and, if, and, and uh, underrepresented minorities should have underrepresented minorities uh, uh, as their mentors. And I just look at that, and from my perspective, there's a, there's a logistics problem there. I mean, if you, if you think about the number of, for example, African-American men who are in leadership positions uh, in, in dental education right now, um, we need far more of them if, if they're going to mentor African-American students. Um, I think it's the responsibility of um, man, woman, regardless of race, to uh, to, to mentor and, and, to, and to the extent that's possible, we all have unconscious bias, but to the extent that's possible, put those biases aside and let's work to make everyone successful. So that, that reminds me of, um, you know, in public health, we talk about how we just don't have enough diversity in our health workforce. Right. So we don't have enough diversity when a patient comes. They want to see someone who looks like them, who understands their experiences. And so in in public health, we talk a lot about needing to diversify the health workforce. And it sounds like that underscores our our mentors as well and the availability of having mentors that understand your experience. Uh, Because as a as a woman, I'm not going to for me to approach a male mentor we all want to take what we want. We all need to take diverse perspectives from the available people around us. But I think the bigger question is how do we make more people available? Right. I, I think that's, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Kaz, what do you think? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, again, I, I think um, one of the obligations of being a leader in, in a faculty situation, particularly where you, are leading a division or a department, I think, is that you must 
provide mentorship and guidance to everyone in your particular organization and help them grow to fulfill their interests and needs and their own professional growth, even if it means that at one point in time, they will outgrow you and move on and outside of your organization. Uh, I think that's an obligation. And I think it, it is it is it is incorrect and it is it is damaging to other careers to um, keep people sort of hostage in your own organization by not mentoring them. Students often seek me out on just issues of uh, African American males and females just bringing me issues and asking me, you know, what do I think of this situation or how should they respond to this and that. And they do that more in a, as my role model for them. Uh, but I don't confuse that with mentoring. I, I confuse that. I, I see that as just providing advice and counsel to help them better handle the challenges that they face. But it, it's not a, a mentoring role per se. So I, I guess I draw a line there between being a role model, being a coach and advisor, and being a mentor. I sort of try to put those in different compartments. And it sounds yeah, too that maybe a key piece of this also might be that mentors, maybe role models, they may be coaches, but they may also be advocates, right? Yeah. So a, a, yeah. a piece of what you may see is that if if there is a situation that that calls you to stand up and say, I this student, this this young professional mentioned this experience that they had, and I am in more of a position of power than they are. And so I need to use my influence, my role model, my leadership, my my established position to be an advocate on their behalf. So well, with, without question, without question, abso absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Carl, I know you were about to say something. Yeah, I, I, what Kaz was saying, I think, goes back to a, a, a broader issue, and it's an important one that, uh, as we advance in our careers, we need all these people. We need coaches. We need advisors. We need peers that can that can uh, give us the feedback we need to hear, uh, and we need mentors. And while we haven't, while we haven't defined mentor, and please don't ask me to do that. Um, <laughs> while we haven't, it's it, the mentors are unique, and they're they're people. You know, in, at least in my life, there haven't been many. And I think uh, for most, uh, you know, to me, a mentor, an effective mentor is um, is a very rare um, person and it's a very rare relationship. So it, 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 it sort of fits, that mentor sort of fits in the, um, uh, the orbit of, um, of, of those people that we need in our lives that are all important. Yeah. Um, so those are all critical elements of, of of success in a career, success in 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 your personal life, we we need all of those things. But it sounds like maybe there's a hierarchy. So there's there's advocate, there's role modeling, there's coaching, and it seems like mentorship maybe at the top of that pyramid because it's probably the hardest to really achieve. True mentorship sounds like it's really the hardest to achieve, and that's why maybe we have all of these other elements, advocates, role models, coaches, because once we get to that mentorship level, um, you know, that relationship is rare. It's hard to create. It's hard to sustain, but it's probably the most fulfilling. 
but I, 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 it seems to me that that the hierarchy you outlined is 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 accurate, and the mentor mentee role is one that requires definition and and chemistry and can be very rewarding for all involved. Many thanks to Carl and Kaz for chatting with me today about mentorship and its vital role in supporting a future public health workforce. If you're interested in getting information about mentorship opportunities, you can visit our newly designed website, www.aidph.org backslash mentorship to learn more about our program. We'll be opening the next cohort in fall 2019. AIDPH also partners with the Academy of Academic Leadership to provide leadership training to advanced dental education students looking to enter into an academic career. Find out more at www.aidph.org backslash internships. That's a wrap for Anecdotal Evidence. I'm glad you tuned into our podcast and we hope you'll come back next week when we'll be talking about rural health with Dr. Marsha Brand and Mr. Alan Morgan. I'm your host, Annalise Cothran, and I'll see you next time.